The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Good morning to you. Welcome in to the Action Line from WGNS. Joey P., the CEO of Murfreesboro Medical Clinic, is with us this morning. Joey, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. Always great to be a part of the WGNS broadcast. Good to have you here today. You have really had a rough several weeks. I, I, I felt sorry for you. The first day I heard that, I thought, oh, man. Well, let's just say it's uh, been some of the most challenging times of my, uh, my career. When did you find out this happened over a weekend? Did that, that, that's correct? From you know, for those that may not be aware, of what what you're talking about is we experienced a criminal cyber attack um, about the start in the end of April is is when this started, and we had a little bit of unusual activity. But if anybody monitors networks, unusual activity is is not that unusual. You you have people. Bad actors trying to get in, doing this, doing that. Uh, but uh, by the Monday, the twenty fourth, I think it was, it became evident that we were experiencing uh, an attack, and and we're notified by our service providers that uh, hey, we've got this situation going on, and and started making some recommendations to us, and and so we uh, started taking action to protect uh, the clinic, protect our patients and, and, and our employees as well. And it's just been a, a very interesting three weeks. Now, I think a lot of people are looking at Murfreesboro Medical Clinic, but you did a phenomenal job of, of keeping everybody informed about what was happening because uh, the patients, and I'm sure the employees too, felt uncomfortable with all of this you well thank you for saying that because our hands were somewhat tied early on because uh the i think it was may 1st may 2nd something like that whatever whatever that monday was i guess it was may 1st when we abruptly closed without hardly any explanation and then the same on tuesday and then i guess late Tuesday afternoon or something like that, we, we announced that, that we were victims of, of this criminal attack. And we weren't able to share a lot of information. And, and we're still under some of those same um, boundaries just to try to protect the integrity of the criminal investigation and, and being able to work with law enforcement and, and forensic experts to identify what happened as best we can to identify the uh, bad actors that did this, the criminals that did this. And it's, um, it's been an experience that uh, I, I wouldn't wish on anybody. And I would, un, the public's been very supportive uh, of that because uh, I think the statistic I heard yesterday in, in talking with some other professionals in the healthcare industry is pretty much 50% of healthcare companies in this country have, have been victimized by criminal cyber attacks like this. And it's not just healthcare companies. Um, some organization called the internal revenue service, I think got hacked uh, a few months ago. So, so everybody's, uh, it, everybody's susceptible. And wow. I, I would almost say every one of your listeners, everybody 
in in the community have been victimized by some attack like this, whether it's a breach at some retail establishment and your credit card information gets compromised or you get some unusual charges coming through on your debit card and your bank calls you and says, hey, we're having to shut down your credit card. Uh, I've received those. Uh, I Actually, my wife and I were victims of uh, fraudulent IRS tax return a few years ago that, that were filed in our names. And, and so we've all been exposed to the the ramifications of this criminal activity and you know it's it's a shame that's it, that's where we've gotten to in in our society that what i would say are pretty talented programmers skilled uh computer engineers that uh instead of using their their talents for good they they choose to use them for more nefarious purposes and the bad thing is the bigger your firm is they can cripple every part of it. It's not just like if you're out in one section of town and one building has the problem. It's everything is connected. Well, it we, we are so, and, and this isn't just MMC, but I'll speak specifically for MMC for a moment. We're so interconnected and dependent upon technology now. And I think I've, I was telling somebody a moment ago that I'd been with the clinic for 25 years now. And when I started, we had... I think two servers and maybe 20 PCs. And we had a lot of computer terminals for the patient accounting system, but one of the servers had patient accounting and one had email and accounting software. And now, over that 25 years, technology has evolved such to where we have over 100 servers, we have over 1,000 PCs and devices in all of our facilities, and they're they're so interconnected to think about the the radiology equipment just a simple x-ray machine and how it's impacted you know we just brought our radiology equipment back up monday and and it was not without difficulty doing that i know it was very inconvenient to a lot of patients that maybe had an mri or ct scheduled mammography that that they've been waiting on for a few weeks or days or 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 whatever they'd been waiting on it had the schedule and and we had to postpone those because. So all of that had been down. Yes. And That's what we don't stop and think about too much. Here in the radio business, this business has changed. This control board, those receivers that receive things over the air, they're not just receivers. Inside, they really are computers. Well, if, if you and think so it's that way in hospitals. If you, if you think of uh, an x-ray, yeah, the, the, most people will think about you know, maybe even from going back to an old TV show where the doctor holds up the film to the light or he puts it up on the, the light board on the wall. doesn't happen like that anymore. It's all electronic. It's all digitized to where we, we could have probably taken an image, but the radiologist couldn't have interpreted it. Uh, he or she could not have gotten those results to whichever physician or nurse practitioner ordered it. So, you know, it was just uh, until we got all of that networking back in place, it, it was just uh, uh, our, our hands were tied with, with a lot of the things that we could and couldn't do. And, you know, the same with our labs. We can draw blood, but when all the lab equipment that runs the chemistries uh, of those lab tests are computerized and tied to the network, you know, there, there, there's a few lab tests where, you know, they, they might grow a culture and actually still look at it with a microscope. But so, so much of 
those tests are done by putting the samples in the various uh, pieces of lab equipment and, and are analyzed to come back to tell you what your you know, your blood sugar is, your hemoglobins, your all, all those various uh, chemicals in, 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 the, in your blood when, when you go to your doctor for your physical and he says, well, your sodium's up, your cholesterol's down, or, or whatever it is. So you're getting back to normal. Pretty much everything is working now. All of our locations are up. Uh, our radiology at our Shelbyville Pike location down on South Church, I think, open up either opened up yesterday or it opens up this morning. Um, we, we've been focused so much about our main location there on Garrison Drive because most of our physicians they are there. The bulk of our radiology and lab equipment are there. Our surgery center is there. We were even bringing physicians that maybe worked in our Shelbyville Pike location or our Smyrna locations, and all of our physicians were seeing patients when we were able to open back up at our at our Garrison Drive location. But all of our locations are up now. Uh, we should be able to do any of the radiology tests. We've been working to call patients, reschedule any reschedule any of those visits that uh, were missed over the past couple weeks, and uh, having pretty good success doing that. But everything is not a hundred percent yet. But we're we're much closer than we were this time last week by far, and inching closer day to day today. By the way, we will take text questions. Well, we're not going to take any phone calls this morning, just text questions. That way we can work them in a little bit easier. And we do have a question here from a listener. Was this hack intended to get people's medical information? You never fully understand what somebody's intent was, and, and I can respond uh, somewhat to that. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, the integrity of the investigation is is still ongoing so i'm i'm a little limited in what i can say the bad actors when when you see what they do it is you know a lot of it's nonsensical Mm -hmm. Uh, we cannot confirm what was taken we know where they visited within our networks but as far as what was actually exfiltrated uh, we can't confirm that. What I can tell you is what the bad guys have posted out on the dark web for sale. And what they don't mention is patient data. So that that is you know, some win in my mind that uh, there's there's other healthcare entities that also have, have been victims of attacks like this. And on their classified ad you know you just had swap and shop just think of that for they have their for, own. for bad guys you know they, they, they they've got this classified la- list out there said hey we've got this this and this from this organization if you're if you're interested uh, patient data is listed in some of these organizations and and their um, classified list it's not in ours here's here's another question this person says i've been going to mmc for about 20 years now great facility great doctors Will my credit card information, is it at risk? We do not keep your credit card information at MMC. We, we use a third-party payment system, and it's not on our network. So, so this wasn't even there. Yeah, we, we, we don't have that information. Uh, the, the payments are processed. So if it, it's been kind of interesting that we've seen some things on social media. It's like, oh, well, my 
credit card had some fraudulent charges. It's probably because of this MMC thing. Like, probably not. You know, I, I can't definitively say that that, that those fraudulent charges uh, couldn't be related. But at this juncture, this quickly, and the fact that we don't store patient credit card information is 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 just highly unlikely. Now, you mentioned about you can't talk about certain things uh, with the investigation going on. Is the investigation with local police, or is it the FBI, or who? In something that, like that's this. That's one of the things I'm going to not oh, comment on. Oh, okay. And, and, and I just I want to say that because I don't want the bad guys to know who's oh, after okay. them. Okay. Well, you know, they probably know. Right. Uh, <laughs> but it's it was um, surprising to us because when we when we were in the initial stages of this, we received a call from law enforcement to say, that, hey, y'all might be experiencing this. We've seen a lot of activity on the dark web mentioning you guys. And, like, funny you should say that because we're actually fighting it right now. So we, we were tipped with, um, with some information, but we were already knew we were in the throes of, of what we were dealing with. It's scary to think there's a dark web out there. And and we hear so much about it in news sometimes about people who are abducted or things of that sort, and they're mentioned on the dark web. Well, it's – I don't know if you've ever did an Internet search of yourself and and what you see, and then to think that that's just what you're seeing on, on most of the public-facing web. It'd be interesting, Bart, to – if we could all go out and look and see what's about us, about each of us on the dark web, because it's it's just a whole nother group of characters that are working in that realm that good people typically don't think about, don't want any access to that underbelly of the of the Internet and, and what's out there. We have another question from a listener. This one says, I'm a local business person, a small family business. But uh, I've always been concerned with being hacked in our business. Now that you have experienced this, is there anything you would do differently? And what advice would you give to other businesses? Prepare for it. If, if you're not a victim, it's not that they're not trying. You've, you've just been fortunate. Um, I, th- I think about in our situation, uh, we had seen some of, Similar organizations around the state, a clinic out in Jackson, a clinic in Nashville, uh, that that had experienced some entries, and and so we we were kind of aware. Uh, I don't think any of them experienced the same thing like like we did. But uh, what I would tell you is the bad guys are out there, and they're trying to get in anybody's business that they can. If they can find the smallest pinhole then they can find a way in and, and do their bad stuff. So big businesses, small businesses, you're all targets. The first real cyber attack I heard of locally uh, was, I, I can't remember, five or six years ago, the Dixon County Sheriff's Office got encrypted. Really? Wow. And and so to think, here's a here's a county sheriff's department that, that actually got uh, hacked. So... Small business, large business, we're all targets. You, you you have a target on your back. Prepare for it and, and be ready. I'm just thankful we had such a great team that allowed us to do some amazing work over the last three weeks to get us back open to where in four days we were back seeing patients 
not fully, but we were back open and seeing patients in some capacity in four days. This person is asking, uh, was this your own local IT staff uh, that you have there at MMC, or did you have to bring in others from outside? Uh, we did bring in an incident re- response team that, uh, that they are a, one of the guys is local, uh, but they're, they're, it's, there's companies all across the country that do this incident response uh, stuff. We do have local IT staff, but then we also have some service providers. Like I mentioned, the, the monitoring, the threat monitoring service that we use uh, is not within our organization. So if people are using IT in their business, big or small, there are resources out there. Because this, for a small business, this would be way beyond the scope of anyone's knowledge locally, probably. Well, as as big as MMC is, Bart, we're technically still a small business. I, I, I know I find that hard to believe when, when you think we've got 900 employees or something. But in the grand scheme of things, we're, we're a small business as well. It can be devastating. You know, we, in one of the situations, one of our service providers uh, that, that does some IT work for us, nothing related to security. It's just that they handle some of our interfaces and things. And when when we were talking to their, their leader, who we've known probably for 15 years or so, um, he said he, he's dealt with two or three other situations, one in a clinic very similar to ours. He said they never recovered. And, and so the fact that we were able to get our systems reset, get, uh, get back open, is just a testament to the, the hard work and dedication of our staff. And that is true with everything you do at MMC. You've had, had great uh, response from your staff all along. We, we are blessed with some amazing individuals that when things get difficult, they view that as an opportunity to step up. You know, I think of uh, the situation where uh, the the tornado hit a few years ago, and and what our clinic wanted to do. I think about some of the other things with with the pandemic. You know, we <laughs> yeah, we just get through a global pandemic, and uh, then oh, we get a cyber attack, right? But going going back to the early days of of COVID in March April, that my clinic said okay this community needs drive-up testing and so we figured out a way to make it happen you know we were blessed that our staff leading up to this had the foresight to order supplies and so that's how we were able to order or uh, to to start the drive-up testing is because we had supplies to do testing that not a lot of the other folks in town just because inventories are so tight now right that uh they didn't have sufficient supplies to roll that out we were able to do that. That's what our staff does. And you think about, hey, I signed up to be an office nurse or something like that. I didn't sign up for a global pandemic. Well, I'm, I'm going to count it by training. I've been running a medical group for 20 years, and uh, let's just say I got a uh, baptism by fire in cybersecurity and rebuilding PCs and things like that. Joey P., our guest this morning, he is the CEO of Murfreesboro Medical Clinic, and as you know, if you live around here, they just were a target of a cyber attack. We're going to pause for just a moment, check on the traffic and weather, and we'll be back. If you have a question for Joey, just text it to us, 615-893-1450. 
Now, we're not taking phone calls today. Just text us the question, 615-893-1450. We'll be right back. There is no safer place in the storm. Talk Radio WGNS, Murfreesboro, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, TV 11. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas's Restaurant. With cold and flu season here, nothing helps my family more than having the Demas's baked chicken and rice soup. It was a soup that was created by my grandmother, and we not only sell it by the cup, but we also sell it by the quart, by the half gallon, and by the gallon. So stop by anytime today and bring soup to your family that may be sick or a friend that's in sick, or just to enjoy it just because it tastes so good. Demas's Restaurant. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. If you're looking for an adoptable cat or kitten, be sure to stop by and take a peek in our cat room downstairs. For those of you that prefer scaly friends to furry ones, we have you covered at Animal City. Come in and find your next pre-loved, pre-spoiled pet here at Animal City. Here at Animal City, we would like to thank Murfreesboro for letting us be your family-owned and operated pet store for 33 years. You can find us at Animal City at 919 Northwest Broad. We'll see a few spotty showers and thunderstorms possible late this afternoon with partial sunshine developing a high in the upper 70s. Tonight, chance for storms a low of 65. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 62. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. Receive breaking news, sports scores, traffic, and weather bulletins on your cell phone. Sign up for text alerts at wgnsradio.com. Want to talk to the nurses tuned in right now? How would you like to have an extra $20,000? You heard right, $20,000. We'll head over to the VA Nurse Hiring Fair. That's on Tuesday, May 23rd, from 2 until 8, over at the Alvin C. York VA Medical Center. Bring your resume, two forms of ID, and three references. The VA offers competitive pay student loan repayments, and exceptional health insurance and retirement perks. The VA Nurse Hiring Fair, May 23rd from 2 until 8. That's at the Alvin C. York VA Medical Center. Inside building number six. Hey, hi, and hello there. Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett. Fun lovers and truth seekers. Weekday mornings at 10 on WGNS AM FM online. Welcome back. Joey P. is with us this morning. He is the CEO of Murfreesboro Medical Clinic. And as you know, they were under cyber attack and uh, are moving out from that back to normal. We're, we're, we're trying our best to emerge. Uh, we, can, we can breathe again, uh, I would say. Oh, that had to be one of the, you said it's the worst thing that's happened to you in your history. Yeah, it's, you know, I've, I've been... I guess professional career for 35 years now, roughly. And 
to, to think about the challenges that our clinic has seen, even before I came to the clinic 10 years in a international public accounting firm and things. And we, right before the break, we were speaking about the pandemic we just endured with, with COVID on, on a global basis, but, but locally as well. And, and then to deal with this particular challenge was, was significant in, in my career. It's significant in anybody's career. And, as as the CEO, you want to make decisions, you want to lead, you want to do these things, and there is such a feeling of helplessness that that I experienced because I'm depending on IT people. I, I'm I, there's a skill set that I don't have that I was needing people, and, and a lot of our physicians were feeling the same way because they couldn't work. And they had the same feeling of helplessness. They want they take care of people. They want to help people, and they couldn't for those few days when when we were closed until we could get open back up. And Bart, you you would be amazed to see the number of people, including our physicians, coming in and doing things that enabled us to get back open. And and I'm talking about physicians working on computers to to rebuild those computers uh some physicians were actually calling their patients to reschedule their visits and things it was um definitely stuff below their typical pay grade but you know i looked at it as what needs to be done let's find resources that can do this and the it people that have that skill set that we need to help us build back let's deploy them where they can be better used and us poor grunts do over here and, and, and do this little grunt work. Now, for people who had had appointments prior to this incident, uh, have they all been notified with new appointments? Or if somebody's listening, uh, should they contact you? Well, I, I've tried not to say, yes, just call us and reschedule, saying we will call you. Because what I didn't want to do was just clog up our phone lines. Our phone lines, uh, for, for many patients at the wrong time of day, our phone lines become amaze in and of themselves trying to get through it's just you can't put enough volume through the the available capacity that we have and and so most of those appointments that were missed that first week of may most of those have been rescheduled if they haven't know that the if, if we've got a listener out there that has not had that done yet they're they're on the list to get called and get rescheduled. Uh, like I said, radiology we were we were down for two weeks. So I think uh, the number I heard we had around fifteen hundred, seventeen hundred radiological appointments during those two weeks. And again, you're you're got a limited capacity. It's not like I can have a doctor stay for another hour and see four more patients a day every day. Um, there's only so much capacity you can put through the the MRI or the memo, memo machine. So it may take a little while longer, but we've got a a goal of getting all of those appointments done. It was originally by the end of May. Uh, radiology, it's going to be a little bit longer than that. But for the most part, uh, the departments have stepped up. The physicians have stepped up and said, okay, we're going to see patients through lunch. We're going to see patients a little later in the day. We're going to start a little earlier. We may have some Saturday clinics. We'll do some things to where if patients missed an appointment in the past couple of weeks, we're going to work to, to get them back in as quickly as we can. And I guess really when you have lived here for a while, 
with MMC, that's where you usually go for outpatient uh, surgery and things of that sort. Uh, is, is that pretty much back in the normal step now? Uh, not normal. Uh, we haven't made all those up. That's some of the folks that are doing some Saturdays. Uh, for instance, our GI physicians uh, doing the colonoscopies, some of the other endoscop- endoscopic procedures. I think we've got two or three Saturdays set up for those that we missed during during the downtime that first week of May. And so I think we're getting those back. Uh, others, some of the surgeries, again, because surgical capacity is so limited in this community. When you take our GI rooms offline for four days, there's not a lot of other facilities that you can go to and say, well, we'll just move all those procedures over here to these rooms. Those rooms don't exist. And so that's part of the reason why we're doing the expansion out at our West Lawn facility, uh, specifically for GI, where we will ultimately, when that facility opens this summer, we'll go from having three GI procedure rooms to six and be able to hopefully get those GI patients in a little more quickly to to deal with colon cancers and, and other endoscopic type procedure needs. And if any of you have been to the new Ascension West Lawn uh, Community Hospital, you notice right next door to it, there's a, another facility that's, uh, that's being built, and that's your facility. You say it's coming up this summer sometime? Uh, we'd hope to have it done um, looking at a substantial completion date of June 23rd, I think it was. But uh, believe it or not, here three years post-pandemic start of 2020, we're still dealing with supply chain issues. Uh, we're missing a piece of electrical gear that uh, we ordered, I forget how many months ago, and it's still not here. Uh, it was supposed to be here, I think, in November, December, uh, and we're still waiting on it. Uh, now it's our understanding that the components of it are at the supplier. They're being assembled, but until we get that piece of equipment, we can't turn fully the electricity on in that building so uh we 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 also have a building adjacent to that planned uh we're we're calling it west lawn 2 the ultimate name i think be the west lawn center uh but uh we've started the budgeting process for that construction and uh our contractor called me yesterday and said okay the generator for that building has got a 26 week lead time uh the the switch gear we have is got a 52 week lead time so 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 here's this building i'm hoping to start here in four months five months this fall sometime and i'm running into again the same problem trying to get this electric electrical switch gear that's almost a year out and and having to order it and it's just golly that's that's a problem with any construction project and trying to meet the capacity needs of this community on a medical side and this is happening, I guess, with anybody who's constructing something or even parts for cars or that way. The, the, the situation with the community hospital you mentioned was, was like that also. That was one of the last pieces of equipment that the, the St. Thomas Rutherford team was able to get before they could open the building. And, and they got theirs in maybe just a few weeks uh, before before the building was opened, but uh, enabled them. They still got theirs in within their time frame. Uh, ours being a larger building is a much larger switch gear and things, but it's a it's an industry problem. So 
what you're saying is with this beautiful new Murfreesboro Medical Clinic that's being built there on Shores Road, the thing that could hold you up from opening is not some medical equipment. It's the thing that lets the electricity work. That's exactly right. I mean, this is this is overly simplified, but the best way to say it is we can't get a breaker Yeah. to, to, to turn the electricity on. Scary. Yeah. I mean, this is years or at least a year after the pandemic, anyway. Well, yeah, the, 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 all the supply chain issues supposedly happened early on in in 2020, and here we are. I, I know I went to a conference, um, a building conference in, I want to say, late 2021, maybe January 2022, and it started having a little inkling about delays on generators. And uh, I called our contractor. Said, "Oh no, we're good. We're good. We've got a we've got a scheduled delivery date of uh, March of 2023 or February 2023. We're good. We got ours ordered. It's still not been delivered, Mark. No. So, and and you know, having to deal with that. I mean, that's the CEO running a business, right? Oh, then let's throw the cyber attack in as well. So it's it's just been an interesting challenge, but." It's here's a, a question from another listener. This one says we are relatively new to the area and we've heard about Murfreesboro Medical Clinic, but I don't know if there's uh, one of your facilities near us. What are the locations for MMC? <laughs> Used to it was uh, we, we had an advertising campaign several years ago. It was like 60, 60 physicians, 20 specialties, one location. Or one address, and that's just not the case anymore. It used to be strictly Highland. That, that, that is correct. <laughs> and, and now, just because of the growth of the community and, and the physician services need, uh, we, we've opened some additional facilities. We have, of course, our walk-in clinics. We have three of those uh, that are just strictly walk-in. I would not call them urgent care, but one out at Las Casas and Rutherford Crossing there at the corner of uh, Rutherford Boulevard and Las Casas Highway. We have one on New Salem Highway at the uh, corner of St. Andrews and New Salem. Then we have one in our clinical facility down on the south side of town at uh, South Church Street or Shelbyville Pike is the actual street address and Volunteer Road, which is the back entrance into Barfield Park. That's a big facility. Uh, it is, but it it will be our smallest of, uh, of actual oh, wow. clinical sites. It's uh, It's got internal family medicine, pediatrics, and then we have uh, uh, some endocrinology and gyne- gynecological services that are, are performed there. But uh, we do have primary care offices there uh, on, on the south side of town. The West Lawn location will open this summer if I can get my electrical gear. But uh, it will be twice as large over twice as large as the shelbyville pike facility it'll be about seventy-five thousand square feet it will also have our uh it'll, it'll have internal family medicine physicians and pediatrics so covering both aspects of primary care but then also our rheumatology department will move out there along with our infusion center our surgery center that's currently just at garrison drive will have uh We'll split it. Uh, surgical procedures will stay at Garrison Drive. Endoscopic procedures, GI procedures, will move to the uh, West Lawn location. We'll have ENT services out there. Uh, of course, we'll have lab and radiology out there as well. And then, Bart, we just bought, uh, closed on some land in the um, Las Casas area out off of uh, Las Casas Highway 
before you get to Compton Road, uh, just past DeJarnett and uh, at East Pitts Lane, that we plan on having probably late 2024 uh, another facility, probably 40,000 square feet, that will again have adult and pediatric primary care and some other specialty services. So that's full service at that location? That is. Uh, you know, we, we also have uh, the Fountains location for dermatology and plastic surgery. Uh, we have an office in Manchester that uh, sees some uh, pain patients down in the Coffee County area. But when it's all said, and, and uh, we do have the Northfield office that uh, when Dr. Langworthy and Dr. Eller's practice joined ours uh, a couple years ago, I guess it's been two years now, that uh, that office is open right off Northfield and Memorial, but when Las Cassis opens, they'll we'll move that office. And we've got a neurology office in Smyrna. That, uh, that basically answers uh, this next question, but maybe you can expand on it. They say they live out of town uh, in Shelbyville, and they're wondering if you're going to offer any services there or build any. You mentioned you have Manchester, but... We, we, we do. Uh, we have in the past had a physician or two that would go down to Shel- Shelbyville. What I would tell that, that listener in the Shelbyville area, our Shelbyville Pike location is 11 miles north of the Bedford County Hospital or whatever, whatever the hospital is in Bedford County. Uh, and you've got the four-lane highway straight up from, from Shelbyville to, to that location. So it's part of the reason that location was built is to serve so many of our patients that do come up from the s- southern quadrant of Middle Tennessee. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. Joey P. is with us this morning. Joe is the CEO of Murfreesboro Medical Clinic. They've been in the news lately. Uh, They were under a cyber attack, a criminal cyber attack, and they're moving out from under that. Thank goodness. I know you're breathing a relief on that. Well, I can breathe. That's period, just breathe. We'll be right back. Hey, neighbor, when you talk, others listen. If it's on Good Neighbor Talk, keep it here. WTNS, AM, FM, FM, online. We're talking with Pat Wingo at Adams Place. You can get as involved or not as you want to. I love the activities. I love the live entertainment. Adams Place makes fun. I love the card playing. I love the people. I love the staff. I love the food. And there's as much to do as you want to do. I'm blessed. Hi, this is Terry Deal at Adams Place. Call me for more information about Adams Place at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank. 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. We'll see a few spotty showers and thunderstorms possible late this afternoon with partial sunshine developing a high in the upper 70s. Tonight, chance for storms a low of 65. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 62. Attention, nurses. How would you like an extra $20,000? We'll head over to the VA Nurse Hiring Fair. That's on Tuesday, May 23rd, from 2 until 8 at the Alvin C. York VA Medical Center. 
Bring your resume, two forms of ID, and three references. The VA offers competitive pay, student loan repayments, and exceptional health insurance and retirement perks. The VA Nurse Hiring Fair. That's Tuesday, May 23rd, 2 until 8 in the evening at the Alvin C. York VA Medical Center inside Building C. The Dave Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW. Weekdays from 1 to 4 on WGNS. Welcome back. We're in the final segment of our broadcast this morning, so if, if you have a question, text it to us, 615 893 1450. And let me mention this. I made a mistake when I was doing that last commercial. Uh, it's Building 6. Building 6. Well, Not- Fred, I've been meaning to uh, mention to you, I'm going to have to block your station <laughs> at, at the clinic if you keep advertising to, to draw my nurses away. <laughs> that's, that, that's another you know situation where the industry finds itself is trying to find qualified nurses. I understand why the VA is doing that. Hospitals medical clinics like like MMC and others around the country are just struggling to to find and keep Well, it's everybody. Here's the radio staff. station where we have openings. Yeah. Restaurants have yeah. op- every what is going on? I mean, you can't get parts, you can't get people who want to work. You would think by now they could uh, figure out how to make electrical switchgear in 3 years and get caught up. Yeah. You know, they they've gotten caught up with the chips in the car manufacturing process, but uh, the, maybe they can't hire people to make those parts. Maybe so. Maybe so. Joey P. is our guest this morning from Murfreesboro Medical Clinic. And uh, I just, I go back to when I first heard that, my heart went out for you. I thought, Man, what can we do for him? But uh, there's not a whole lot you can do. Well, the I was getting text. I was getting some calls from from some friends and and business associates and things hey i'm thinking about you i'm praying for you um since since things have quietened down and uh, i've been out able to get back out into the community for a lunch or dinner or something like that i've had countless people come up and uh give me a hug and and just know hey i've been thinking about you and as as a man of faith those expressions of prayer and thoughts they mean a lot because uh, I, I told I've told a couple folks that you know growing up here being a part of this community my entire life uh, and then having this role at Murfreesboro Medical Clinic is, is something that I take to heart um, I, I tell anybody that will listen that when our physicians are seeing patients the patients that they're seeing are my friends my family my neighbors uh early on in a couple of interviews i mentioned that you know if if they stole patient data well my family and our patients there too and so it's it's our data that's that's being compromised but more than that it's it's one of it's it's this community and and yeah it's been an attack on murfreesboro medical clinic but more than that, it's an attack on this community of, of what makes Murfreesboro and Rutherford County, Middle Tennessee, such a great place to live, uh, a great organization to be a part of, and I'm, I'm thankful for the amount of community support and sympathy we've received. That That is what 
has enabled me to continue to, to strive on. Uh, when I think about some of the hours that my staff and I were putting in, uh, especially that first week of May, it's it's mind-boggling to, to think about what we were doing and, and the hours and, and the stress that we were under and, and so many unanswered questions and finding answers and, and things. But knowing that the community was behind us, that knowing that the community was praying for us, that they were rooting for us, that enabled us to to, to, to pull pull ourselves back up. You know, you, you think about the do do those kids on the football field or on the basketball court hear the fans in the stands cheering for them and things? Uh, the answer is yes, uh, and and to know that they have that support is is what helps them, you know, maybe get that extra yard or to to get that rebound. Um, it helped the folks at MMC to know that the community had our backs and they were working with us and praying for us and, and, and hoping that we get through this. And, and that's what brought us through. So you think the worst is behind you now and the sunshine is, is starting to show. It's morning again in Murfreesboro Park. That's, <laughs> that's the way it, 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 it's. We, we, we pray that the worst is behind us. Uh, we think that's the case and uh, we're going to move forward as best we can and continue to, get services up I, I just, while we've been sitting here i've gotten a text that this morning that um again the uh local pharmacies aren't very happy with us right now because we're having to send paper scripts or we're having to call as opposed to the electronic prescribing uh, our electronic prescribing is back up uh with a, with a couple of exceptions but uh you know that's a that's a big step uh, like a, like i was talking about radiology coming online this past monday the fact that we're three weeks in and we're just now getting electronic prescribing, uh, by and large, back up is—it's <laughs> going to help the pharmacist in town quite a bit. So that's just another hurdle that yeah. you're going through, but it is getting back there. Joy, we have just a little bit left in the program, and uh, are there any other final thoughts you want to share with people? Yeah. I don't want to leave anything out. Well, f- first, Bart, I-, I want to apologize to to our patients that that have been inconvenienced by this. That that's the biggest thing that that I want them to know. You know, this wasn't our intent. Uh, we were victims of this. They were victims of this. And, and we appreciate their patience and support and understanding during this. I'm sorry they, they were inconvenienced. Uh, that, that was never our desire. Uh, but we, we have devoted the resources to get back online as quickly as we can to get those patients taken care of. In some cases, those patients have waited weeks or months for their visits, and then they get there and all of a sudden we, we yank it away from them because we can't see them. And, and that is probably the most regrettable part of this was just the, the patients being inconvenienced. But we'll get through this. We'll get them in and seen and uh, get back to some semblance of normal. Joey P., our guest this morning, he's the CEO of Murfreesboro Medical Clinic. They've had some challenges, but they've met them. And now they're moving forward. That makes you feel comfortable as a patient knowing that you have a staff like that Who's there to help you? I'm never, I, I never cease to be amazed, Bart, by what my staff is willing to do to take care of patients. It is, it is truly refreshing to know that they will fight any battle, scale any hill, anything that needs to be done to take care of patients. And when the challenge is really thrown before them, that's when you see the metal of the person 
and what I've seen from my staff over the last three weeks has just been anything less. I mean, it's just I can't heap enough praise on them for what they've done. Joy, thank you for joining us. Bart, thank you for having me and appreciate what WGNS does for this community. Thank you for what Murfreesboro Medical Center continues to do. Joey P., the CEO of MMC. Have a great day. Thank you, Stay with us. Much more to come.